0: Welcome to Reentry Stories, a podcast from Public Radio Station WISO in Yellow Springs, Ohio. I'm your host, Mary Evans. Reentry Stories brings you conversations between people who were once in prison. That includes me. In return, citizens like me often have trouble finding jobs, housing, education, and mental health services once we're on the outside again. And every year in Ohio, more than 20,000 people are released from prison. The next four episodes are centered on the French Cafe in Hamilton, Ohio. It was started by Patrick and Sarah Davis in the fall of 2020 at the height of the pandemic. Starting it was a huge gamble, but they were convinced of the need to help return citizens like themselves. So they sold their house and put their life savings into it. Now, 18 months later, they look back with a sense of accomplishment. In this first episode of season four, We hear my conversation with Patrick Davis, who tells his own story, and talks about the music art therapy program he started inside prisons, called Scars and Bars.
1: My name is Patrick Davis. We are live on scene at the Fringe Coffee House.
0: Okay, so Patrick, you were formerly incarcerated, and you are part of the dynamic duo of this Fringe Coffee House and the Fringe Church. You and your wife Sarah took your um, oppressions and some of the things you guys went through, and figured out a way to help return citizens, not be able to go through some of the things you guys went through, which I think is admirable and commendable.
1: How long were you incarcerated? I was locked up for four and a half years. And then
0: those four and a half years, were you able to program, get your education?
1: I was, I was. uh, Yeah, I got my GED. I learned how to type. I got some college education, yeah. yeah.
0: And so then you get out of prison, and Sarah gets out of prison, and you guys come up with this idea of a music program. What was that process like? Sure.
1: Yeah, I started off uh, when I was in prison, writing music, create music. And uh, once I was released, I started recording records, traveling, touring, but I've always, I always wanted to go back. And like, I think it's important not to forget where you came from. So I'd go into prisons that I was in, different places that I was in. And I would, it was basically just a concert. I'd do a show. I'd take some other people that have gone through some stuff. Uh, we would put on a dope show, share our stories. Hey, you know, you don't have to, this doesn't have to be the endless cycle for your life. And uh, that was kind of what it consisted of. And then that grew into, hey, instead of just going to one or two prisons, what if we, instead of like doing a traditional type of tour, what if we literally did a tour of all the Ohio prisons? And so we started doing that, you know, going through and literally almost every prison in the state. And uh, those events were having A massive impact uh, on the people that would attend these events the wardens the the chaplains that we were working with saw the value saw the response and but they were still one-off events and we knew that at some point we got to invest a little longer and more consistent to really have a lasting impact but that's where it started it started from just hey like I was in here I know what it feels like and I want to let people know that one you're not forgotten you know somebody's gotten out and made something of themselves and and hasn't forgotten you and maybe you can too so that's kind of where it started
0: so then what does that program consist of when you're incarcerated do they usually have a musical background coming in or some of them have inexperience
1: yeah so it went from the shows to being we've narrowed our focus and we focus on the two closest maximum security prisons uh... to where we're located which is lebanon correctional and Dayton correctional those are both uh, men and women's prisons closest to here Uh, But it's more from being just a concert to a 10-week holistic music and art therapy program. So for 10 weeks, they go through this intense uh, music art therapy program that's designed to get to the root causes of why people end up in prison. Right. Not, hey, I'm here for a robbery or I'm here for murder. This is my charge. But no, man, what's the root of the tree? What was the start of this road? Right. Some of that stuff is systemic uh, injustice. Some of it is childhood trauma. Some of it's growing up without a father, addiction issues, all these multi-layered issues. We really dig in and we use art and music and video. That's the vehicle to work through some of that stuff. So that's kind of the heart of the thing.
0: That's awesome. There's no time sentencing or guidelines to, to be in your program. You don't have to be on your way out the door or anything like that. So then once they complete it for the 10 weeks, are they welcome to come back or participate in any kind of special things that you guys do?
1: They are. They can, they can sign up as many times as they would like. We try to rotate some of the curriculum, the videos, the music that we use. Uh, I personally am not a big fan at all of programs only being available to people when they're on the way out the door. Because to me, What it creates is it creates this environment for people to become institutionalized, and then all of a sudden you get out, you're getting ready to go home, now you got to get yourself together when you've already have all these ingrained prison mentality, institutionalized ways of thinking and thought patterns, and deeply ingrained. Uh, Part of the reason why they do that, uh, they just need more volunteers and more help, and they can't facilitate all that, they're short-staffed, I get all that, but... When we started, we're like, yeah, we want it to be open to anybody. So if it's a lifer who just got sentenced or somebody that's leaving in a month, it doesn't matter.
0: You guys also prepare people for employment and offer them up employment opportunities while they're here. Now, do they still participate in programming while they're employed here? Yeah, they do.
1: Uh, and I just want to say one other thing. Like, our program inside those prisons, like, we've had the wardens and warden assistants tell us that it's reducing violence in the, in the prison. If they go through our program, they connect with us upon release, they have nearly a 90% success rate of never going back to prison. And that's because there's a seamless transition from, we already know them, most of them when they come home. We knew Aria you know, for several years before she ever got out. We had already, her, we knew her family, her, her, her uh, parents were attending our church. Like there was already this familia type of bond that it was a very natural, uh, flow that she would connect with us after getting out. But yeah, there's programming here, so we create a custom re-entry plan for each person because we realize being returning citizens ourselves, that everybody's family dynamic is different, everyone's barriers are different, everyone's socioeconomic status, transportation, history of addiction or no history of addiction, financial status uh the dysfunction of your family or the lack of dysfunction so we sit down with each one of them and we create a custom reentry plan and yeah we support them every step of the way so for that they work here for an entire year and we and we do everything we can to help them get on their feet and and empower them in every area of their where their barriers are so if there's, and it's all in one roof, they don't have to go to 20 different locations. It's not, hey, go here and then, you know, Tuesday I want you to drive down to Cincinnati and then I know you don't have a car and you can't afford a bus, but uh, I need you to be over here to do this. Like, no, it's all in one space. Uh, we have addiction and recovery meetings here. We have access to resources for addiction and recovery here. We do uh, parenting classes are available here, p- uh, post-incarceration trauma counseling and therapy. It's a traumatic experience to go through prison. I would equate it to, Very similar to someone coming back from war. PTSD, that's not normal to go into that environment, even people that have been in there multiple times. And so there's like a detox, there's a debrief, there's a decompression time I think people need to go through when they first come home in order for them to succeed. Uh, some people have never been taught how to handle money in a healthy way, and so we bring people in who are skilled in that field uh, to provide financial literacy classes. Hey, part of the reason you're stuck in endless poverty, you've never been taught how to handle money, how to manage money, how to save. Uh, for a lot of people they are coming home, they're trying to reconnect with their children. You know, we want to help them do that, and so we have counselors and therapists to get involved with that. We have the studio for their kids, and so... In every sense, it's designed to be a holistic. uh, And and for us, I think the reason why this is powerful and it works is because there is no client-provider relationship. There's no us and them. There's no distance. We're family. And I think when you have that type of love, right, and that type of uh, kinship, like that has the ability to overcome anything. I
0: came downstairs, and it looked like the, the gentleman there that came in Um, Had been through some stuff and it was really really nice to see you know You guys giving him free food and and just doing what you can it really means a lot Um, I think a lot of times people often want to forget you you mentioned trauma So I I know a lot of people are like why do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. And why are you and it's like I I don't want to ever forget where I came from and you have some people like I want to and it's like but you can't because that's a part of you, you know what I mean until we're all better We're not going to get better, so, you know, we've got to make sure that everyone is, like, in one accord and and getting along and doing the best we can to just be a solid community. So you can stay here employed as long as you would like. It's not
1: just the, the full year. Ideally, it would be a year, but we totally understand that for some people. Like, for example, if somebody comes home, I mean, perfect example would be Aria. I mean, she just did close to 15 years. That's a decade and a half. We got people we work with that have done 35 years. So them readjusting and them getting on their feet is going to look very different than the man or woman getting out you know, that did two years, right? right. So a year is ideal, but that doesn't mean like once the year comes and it's over that we're just disconnected. We're also very intimately connected with their next steps. We help help. Uh, build those relationships. So if they're pursuing uh, secondary education or becoming an entrepreneur, starting their own business, or they're going into a particular field, we've already linked them up and bridged that gap by the time that comes. And so this will always be family. This will always be a place they could come back to. This will always be a sense of community. And yeah, those resources will always be available to them.
0: I can't wait for something like this to come to Dayton because Dayton's definitely in need. Our turn citizen community is facing homelessness right now. A lot of people lost housing because of COVID, you know, and waiting on the unemployment benefits to kick in and, and landlords were still like, hey, I need my rent. I've I seen about three people get violated because they lost their home plan because, you know, and it's sad and it's like, you know, there's got to be some other ways for us to be able to cushion people there's so much funding in the state to be able to do so many things and it's like why can't you just consider you know be a human for one time and just like put yourself in those shoes you might not have gotten caught but if you do then what are you going to do you know what I mean because I don't know of many people that are like God or God like everyone makes mistakes everyone does something you know you've already judged for it you already sitting you already been sent and serve your time it's like you know after that it should be over with but that isn't the case all the time especially for returned citizens
1: so yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I think as at some point we have to ask ourselves as a society when are we going to stop punishing people? Do you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So uh, somebody we have this concept and this idea that they have paid their debt to society, but they're released and we're still we're still. I can tell you I've been doing this almost 20 years before we had this building. I've been doing this type of work for a long time, and. It's like I can tell you story after story after story. Someone who gets out, who made good use of their time, applied themselves while they're in prison, took responsibility for what they did, tried to make amends where they could. And they get home and they get a good job and they make two to three times what they need to be able to move into this type of apartment to get out of that environment. And they're discriminated on housing. They're discri- My wife, uh, her situation happened close to 13 years ago. She's still being affected by that negative. She had never even been to prison before that. You know what I mean? And so they're discriminating on housing, discriminating on jobs, uh, discriminating, like you said, on loans and different things like that. And that's where we've looked at, you know, the model of, hey, instead of sitting back and waiting for those people to change or those laws to change, and thank God for the people that are fighting for that stuff, people far more qualified than me. But my view of it all, I'm from the streets. I'm like, hey, if they're not going to do this, let's create it. Let's create our own businesses. Let's, let's create our own housing. Let's create our own uh th- our own environment. If it's not going to be given to us or people aren't going to help us, uh, let's stop sitting back and waiting, and let's let's do something about it. And so, I think that's that's a huge, a huge part of it. And and for me, uh, that's that's the heart of this place. It was two people who's who have gone through it, that said, hey, we can sit back and do nothing, or we can, we can do something about it. And it cost us, like we, we sold our house, we took our entire life savings, uh, all the money we, we made from selling our house and we, we put it into this and we invested in people who, who everybody else wants to throw away. Because we believe that people are more than the worst thing that they've ever done. Because we were.
0: Well, I think what you guys are doing is amazing. And so there's also a church, too. So what goes on at the church and what kind of services do you guys offer over there as far as, like, resources go? Is that church for anyone? Do you have to be involved with a friend?
1: Yeah, the church is for everybody. And We, we have a saying at the church that God's table is big enough for everybody everywhere all the time. And there's no religious hoops to jump through. There's no gymnastics you got to do. Uh, the table's been set. All you got to do is pull up a chair. And we started the church for the same reason we started the shop, as we, we saw a, a need that wasn't there. We kept running into the same problem. People would get out, men and women throughout Ohio, that would want some connection with spirituality, would want to belong to a community of faith, would wanna be a part of a church, but there weren't a lot of places we felt like we could send these people where they weren't gonna be judged, they weren't gonna be held at a distance, or those churches were not equipped to deal with some of their unique needs. And so we said, hey, well, we created this shop specifically for people coming out of prison. What if we created a church uh, for people uh, who have never stepped foot in church, people who uh, are coming out of prison, people that are coming off of drug addiction, coming out of homelessness, people who are wealthy and educated, and for whatever reason, they've never stepped foot in it because of their whatever their reason is. And so we call that the fringe as well. We feel like that's our Part of our pers- our purpose in life is to reach people on the fringe of society, to, to, to be an advocate for the black sheep and those that have been stepped on and walked over. And we believe that the world's a better place when we stop throwing people away. It's been a wild ride. We had to open during a pandemic. We didn't know who's gonna show up, you know? Yeah, we got it done, got the sign off, but is anybody gonna show up, you know? The day comes October 29th of this past year. That's our luck. Head open during a pandemic. It's raining. It's freezing outside. I had no idea who's going to show up. We had a thousand people come through here. We space people out, but it's been incredible to see. And then that's the long term is to create these communities and this this type of place uh, in every major city in Ohio. That's the long term.
0: I think this is one of the most unique coffee shops I've been in. I mean, how you got a studio space. Do you? Uh Do you do, like, music projects with people that were already through the program? Have you guys made music since they've been home and out here in the studio? Yeah, so
1: the main purpose for the studio is, okay, the the program itself is designed to help adults who have already been incarcerated. Uh, They have access to the studio as well. But the main purpose of the studio is to reach that younger generation before they ever end up in prison. So who's that kid that's getting suspended, getting arrested? Who are those kids that are younger versions of me uh, how do we how do we intervene in their lives before they end up in the adult system and have that record? And so they can come in here free of charge, learn how to do photography, video, video editing. They can learn how to play piano, guitar, bass. We give them instruments. When they go through the lesson, they get to keep it. Uh, they can learn how to produce music. Uh, all the street art in here, they can pick any mural out, point it out, and that artist will come and teach them. They could go off-site and learn it. It doesn't cost nothing. These are tools that helped me when I was coming out of that lifestyle. And I wanted something different for my life. Music was a, it was therapeutic. And whether they're going to be a rock star or some, you know, famous rapper or a famous painter is not the point. The point is they now have a safe space and a vehicle to work through their trauma, to find their voice, and to, and to find some sense of belonging and some sense of worth. And so, but yeah, there's so many talented people we meet inside the prison system. Even the adults, we we tell them all, hey, if you get out, you wanna you wanna drop a record, you wanna release a poetry CD. Uh, record, come here man, we'll record it, we'll track it, all free of charge. And uh, But you're not going to push the poison. So you can't come in here glorifying what sent you to prison and what's killing people. But if you're going to take that story and keep it raw, but use it in a redemptive way, by all means. There's people that come in here from all walks of life. Uh, that's been the cool thing to see is it's become a place of convergence for all people. You see the homeless person coming in that you mentioned and then the person rolling up in a Tesla and uh and they're talking to each other and to me that's that's a beautiful thing and and people will often come in before they know uh what this place is or who we are our backstory. they'll say man this is this is such a beautiful place where did you get the idea to do this and i tell i i walk them to the back hallway and i i tell them this wasn't some clever idea i said this place came from from suffering and horror and loss and I, t- I take him to a uh, there's a mural in the back hallway. It's of my brother. He was murdered when I was locked up, and and if I if I if I think about where did the seed start to grow, it was that experience. And I just want to give a shout out to any returning citizen, uh, listening to this family members, those of you that are affected by incarceration. Uh, if there's anything we want this place to symbolize, it's that. When you take your horror and your suffering and your prison time and you offer it to the one that holds it all, that's something beautiful can come out of that, Absolutely. right? It doesn't have to define you. You don't have to be ruled by it. Uh, you don't belong down there on the ground anymore. Like, don't accept that for your life. Uh, you've got purpose. You got to, you're, You didn't survive all that stuff to just suck air and exist. And so, yeah, this place came from s- suffering and horror and loss and uh, I wouldn't live that again for a million dollars, but I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't go through that. And so, yeah, if you're going through a hard time out there, man, I want to encourage you. If you're getting, you just came home, you're trying to get your find your, ground, find your footing, man, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. There's people out there who believe in you, and you're not just going to make it. You're going to thrive and do beautiful, amazing things.
0: Thank you so much, Patrick. So many gems dropped. That's it for this episode of Reentry Stories. That was my conversation with Patrick Davis co-owner of the French Coffee House in Hamilton, Ohio. The French celebrated its one-year anniversary in October 2021. The French Coffee House provides employment for returned citizens, a come-as-you-are church, a studio space for recording music and podcasts, and resources for housing, recovery, and parental reunification. You can find them on the web at thefrenchcoffeehouse.com. Reentry Stories features conversations with formerly incarcerated men and women in Ohio on the radio and on the web at WYSO in Yellow Springs, Ohio. It comes from the Eichelberger Center for Community Voices at WYSO. You can hear all the stories in this series and see photos of the participants at WYSO.org. The editor of this series is Nina Ellis. Thanks for listening. I'm the series producer, Mary Evans.